All right. I love, I love when meetings end insanely early. I love it. Uh, yeah, so, oh, this poor cat. Oh, he's going to go crazy. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry, Toby. I guess this, I didn't mention this to you when we purchased you from the shelter. I know, you're supposed to say adopt. Because purchase is supposed to uh, specifically refer to when you go to a, a breeder or a pet store and you buy your pets versus the shelter where you're buying pets, but it's a shelter. I get, I know, I know it's shelter. They take care of them. They're not coming from like, a, you know, some kind of mill, some like breeding, you know, factory of cats and dogs and stuff like that. I I totally understand that. I totally do. And yeah, I would never, I, you know, it sucks because it's like, well, okay, I, I get it. I get it. Go to the shelter and adopt your pet because they were probably abused, some trauma, some terrible thing, um, which, as I've said before, first of all, I got my own fucking problems. I don't need a pet that's got problems. I'm sorry. That makes me a prick. Fine. We got Toby from a shelter. Look, he's a perfect. Toby, you're my perfect gentleman. I just want you to know that, and I love you, my little baby boy, but a boy, Toby boy. <laughs> uh, to Bobby. To Bob Larone. Anyway, uh, but I, 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 I got to have, uh, you know. Look, I, I understand there's no guarantee that you go to a breeder and you're just going to get like the perfect fucking dog they're all you know they're they're pets they're animals they're not like yes they are they're quote domestic domesticated uh little guys but they're not really (laughs) also they're not i mean they are but they're they are they're still fucking animals with animal instincts and animal behaviors and they're gonna do fucking animal things uh so but to me i'd rather just like okay with a dog with a cat i don't care so much uh because cats are you know we got toby from the shelter we adopted him and i picked him up because he was just a sweet little guy who didn't have really didn't seem to have any like major issues and you know what he has no major issues yeah he's still getting used to the place but he's made himself comfortable man he has claimed like every chair and bed that we have. We got him this really nice, really tall, big, fucking elaborate scratching tower. Has all kinds of scratching posts and nice little cozy little cubbies that he can crawl into and he could nap and he's got like a perch way up on top and he can just sit there. And um, he has been up there twice and both times we put him there. To just be like, come on, man. I've I fucking I've put his paw on the scratching post to be like, yo, you know those rugs and couches that you're doing this shit on? You don't have to. I got great news. We bought this just for you to scratch up all you want. I don't give a shit about the couch. The couch is a piece of shit. This couch, the final resting place of this couch is right here. The next stop for this couch is going to be in a dumpster. Um, because nobody in their right mind would want this couch because it is it is broken in ways that it's just a horrible a once great couch uh that is oh my gosh 15 16 oh my god this is a 17 year old couch 
Oh my god. This goddamn couch would be graduating high school if it was a person. It'd be a senior in high school. <laughs> um and yeah, it's been with us everywhere. <laughs> And so I don't care if the cat uses it as a scratching post. Better, better this than. But I don't want him to just think, "Oh, the couch. This thing is just there for me to scratch." So that when the old shitty couch that I don't care about is replaced with a nice couch that I don't want a little kitty cat scratching, then we're gonna have a fucking problem. You and me, Toby, was gonna have problems. Yeah. Uh, but just like that's a nice that is a nice fucking tower for cats to scratch on and it's just sitting there Uh, he jumped up on it the other day and I thought he's gonna do he's gonna take to this thing and he's gonna love it no there was a ball and he reached up and knocked the ball down so he could swat the ball uh, three times and then walk away and never touch it again it's fun Fun, fun stuff. That's a great life, though, man. Cats. It's just, it's sleeping. That's it. Finding a different place to rest. It's so great. Occasionally you play. You got people always coming up to, to you know, scratch you and pet you. And, and uh, I wouldn't particularly like that if I was just lying there and people just came up and started scratching me. But the cats seem to. Wouldn't it be funny, though, to find out that, like, purring, it really means that they're pissed off <laughs> and they're just too they're just too lazy to do anything about it yeah anyway he's a good he's a good kid though this toby but uh what the hell was even the what was i even talking about the pets pet store i don't even know oh I, I think i have to go back and listen anyway all right let's just move along let's just move along i he's a nice fella oh yeah because he's got to get used to that was it when we when we purchased toby from the shelter uh and we said hey buddy coming home with me and uh and well you know he should have known though because i actually i did do a podcast in the car with toby on the way home Uh, it's never going to be released because it's just at this point like what's you know what are we going to do but he knew he knew from from the get-go that he's he's coming home to a podcasting goddamn cat litter little pieces. It doesn't usually it, the the cat litter actually doesn't typically leave the area, but he must uh he must have had some stuck to him and came out and probably dragged his ass along the floor. Anyway, <laughs> uh <laughs> fun times, pets, pets and whatnot. Uh, there was something I was going to talk about. I kind of want to talk a little bit about wrestling. Uh, they had a few events over the weekend. They had the Clash at the Castle. That's a WWE thing out in Wales, uh, which I watched some of it live. I was sitting and playing. I mean, Saturday was like, oh, this is what Saturday used to be like. It was I got up reasonably early, which I haven't done in a while on a Saturday because I've just either been sick with COVID or just completely exhausted. Uh, got up and I was playing. I, I per- they had a bunch of games on sale, and I I got the the Hot Wheels racing game. 
I had purchased that for uh, for my nephews for Christmas, and I think that they immediately took it to the store and exchanged it for something else. But it's got a great reviews. Like, don't be fooled that just because it's a little toy car, Hot Wheel bullshit things, it's still a good game. It's a really good racing game. And, all right. So they had it on sale. And then they had, like, all these games, like, four or five. I bought – I was buying shit on Steam. And, like, Red Dead 2 was, like, 50% off. So I got, you know, the, the 12-year-old loves playing GTA online and uh, playing, you know, GTA 5, which is great, kind of. Um, they're a level-headed kid, so I don't, it doesn't really – I'm, I'm not worried. Um, but, man, Red Dead 2 is just – it might it might be uh the best game ever in my opinion it might be i'm trying to think of what eh, you know I, there's so many that i love and many of my favorites are the big uh kind of epic open world you know yeah a red dead uh you know an elder scrolls game the witcher mass effect which is a little bit different but you know, still big, big worlds, uh, big, 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 big stuff, big stuff. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what is the, what games do I play often? I don't play any games often. I don't have time. Uh, but my steam deck is on the way. It should be here Friday. So now I'm excited, except I I realized that like my kids each have an account, a steam account. My youngest has her own account, and my oldest basically just sort of inherited my Steam account, which I never really used. I mean, I used it. I use it to download games for the kids, knowing that eventually they'd get a computer that could handle you know playing games on Steam, and not a not a Mac. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the so my account is basically my twelve year old's account, but there's a lot of good games on that too. That I'm not like I'm not gonna go back and buy them again. So I kind of said like, listen, we're uh, we're just gonna we're gonna share. <laughs> if you're playing on it, then that's fine. I won't. But we're just gonna we're gonna share this account. And uh, yeah, but they, my kids though, lately they've just been playing Roblox like all the time. Like I'll come over. They got these nice gaming machines, and I'll come over because I keep. T- I'm like, I'm like, hey, why don't you try some Elden Ring? I bet that looks really nice on here. Hey, how about that Forza? Which the the old the kids were playing Forza for a while, and even like GTA. It's like okay, that's at least you're you're maximizing the capabilities of this machine, and then it's like oh. Oh, Roblox. Well, that's fun too. <laughs> and I know everybody's playing. Ro- everybody loves Roblox. Roblox is just like it's fucking Roblox, and everybody loves it. And we didn't allow our kids. That was like the one. It really was. It was like the only game that we didn't. My kids still joke. They're like, "Oh, well, here you go, kids. Play some Grand Theft Auto. Just don't kill anybody." Uh, here you go. You want to play? Uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> play some Skyrim where you you're chopping people up with an axe, but you know just it's not real. Uh, let's see, Roblox. No, 
you are forbidden from playing Roblox because people are mean on there and there's sex predators and you can't, whatever. But now my kids are the trolls on Roblox. They sit there cracking each other up, just laughing nonstop. I went into somebody's house and they wanted me to leave, but I didn't leave. And then I kept saying all this stuff and they're like, okay, cool. That's definitely a good way to spend the time on the old gaming laptop anyway but uh, i'm very excited for the steam deck uh because yeah there's some good games that i have on my kids accounts that i'm uh very much looking forward to playing in a a portable i I mean it's just I, i can't wait i really can't wait i'm thinking what am what am i going to play I'd like to play Elden Ring on the Steam de- Deck, but I've I feel like I've made such progress in my Elden Ring game for the uh, for the Xbox that I just uh, I don't know. I'll see. We'll see what happens. And it's you know it took me a while to get there because I don't have a lot of time to play these shits. And I you know I get up to you know farming souls and I'm up to like level fifty something, which is okay. But uh, I don't know. It's. It seems. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I what? Shut the fuck up. Stop saying I don't know all the time. You fucking idiot. Jesus Christ. What is? What is my problem? I can't complete a thought. I can't complete a sentence. Anyway, Elden Ring's a great game. It really is. I just wish I had. I wish I had more time to just sit and play it. And I, there, Randy Orton, WWE superstar Randy Orton, had tweeted a few months back uh, something about Elden Ring, and a fan responded asking what level he was, and he replied that he was like leveled like three hundred something or five hundred something, just absolutely ridiculous. It's like holy shit, but yeah. He's got his own bus. I mean, that guy, dude's a twenty-year veteran. He's making some some cash, man. He's 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 pulling down some he's some bucks. Uh, he he's on that bus. I don't know if you've got like a however many hours drive to another city, and you can't really like okay. Well, I'm just on this bus. And I can't really go to the gym. There's not much else I can do. I'll just play video games. So he sits and plays video games. That's not a bad deal. It's not a bad gig, I guess. If you can get to the if you can get to that point where you have your own bus. Anyway. Uh I thought, holy shit. Randy fucking Orton has like a and I can't even imagine what his level is now. I don't even want to know. And I'm sitting here at like level 50 thinking like, hey, not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, no, it is quite shabby. But I don't have time. I just, I think I've put a grand total of like six hours into the game. Ten hours. I don't even know. It hasn't been much. And most of that has been doing the little farming of souls trick where you run around and the, get level up. And, eh, who cares? Anyway, uh, wrestling. I wanted. Did I, was that what I was going to talk about? I think was wrestling. Yeah, maybe. The, oh yeah, the the pay per view, uh, castle thing on Saturday. They had some good matches. It was a good good event. That Sheamus versus Walter 
was just, boy, that was hard-hitting. That was a lot of fun. Seamus got a big standing ovation at the end, which I thought was really cool. I just, it was just like, okay, like Vince is out, which means wrestling is back in professional wrestling, or at least in the world wrestling entertainment has now brought wrestling back, which is also funny. Like wrestling was one of the banned words that Vince didn't allow anybody to say. In world wrestling entertainment, you could not say wrestling. Definitely not an insane person at all. Uh, but anyways, but I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, but now wrestling is back, and wrestlers are having wrestling matches in WWE, which is kind of nice. Nice change. Nice change of pace. Uh, and there was some other stuff. It was good. Um, oh, the, the big thing was <laughs> Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic, uh, getting a punching edge right in the nuts and then uh hitting his dad from behind and he's officially a member of the judgment day um and he's a bad guy now which i love i thought that was great i love when he when he clipped edge in the nuts and as edge as edge was going down he turned his head to look at dominic like why why as he fell to the ground like he it's just so great it's fucking he just you know he he took a shot to the nads he didn't get like stabbed through the heart with a sword he but but the reaction was as though he got like you know like in a movie where somebody just you know knifes a guy why my brother why We've, I fought by your side. Why? Why? Uh, and that was a great, you know, he gives Edge a shot to the nuts and as Edge is going down, he sort of looks up at Dominic like, why? Why? And then he assures his dad, Rey Mysterio, like, uh, it's okay, Pop. I just, I'm just pissed at him. And then Mysterio turns around and then Dominic hits him in the back. And the, the thing that everybody's hoping for is you go back to 2005, Eddie Guerrero's really like his last, not his last great feud, but like really his last feud period before he died was with Rey Mysterio. They had a match at WrestleMania and then they had a ladder match, a ladder match at SummerSlam that year. And it was, you know, a la- the purpose of the ladder match is usually there's a belt or a briefcase with a contract or something, some prized thing hanging above the ladder and that's the purpose is you have to grab the thing and you win the match and you of course use the ladder as a weapon throughout the match and all this crazy stuff well in 2005 they had a ladder match between Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero at SummerSlam which I recently watched for the first time in forever and the thing hanging (laughs) the thing hanging above the ring in this case was uh custody papers for Ray, for Ray Mysterio's son Dominic, uh, which Eddie Guerrero, being the evil bastard that he was, claimed that Dominic was his son and not Ray's, and uh, and so they fought. You know, they had the custody battle, a custody ladder match, uh, which Ray Mysterio won, and he hugged his son. He's like, "You're my boy," and then, of course, for the last couple of years. Uh, ever since Dominic Mysterio 
sort of made his debut first just as like the scrawny little son of Rey Mysterio, but now he's, you know, he's getting better and better in the wrestling ring. And these two guys, you know, they've been able to team up a bunch of times, which is really cool. Like father and son tag team. They've been tag team champions. I mean, that has to be like to be able to, to be around long enough that you're still wrestling uh, to see your son grow up and and do the same thing and be able to like team with him and that's kind of neat. I, I just think that's cool. And obviously the the logical progression, just like anything in wrestling, is it can't be that way forever. And eventually you're gonna have to have father versus son. And now we're at that point where hopefully we won't see this match until WrestleMania next year, but we will definitely be seeing. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic now that his son, now that Dominic has uh, has turned his back on the family. And there's a lot of hope that they'll bring back that old storyline, even though Eddie Guerrero is no longer with us. But, I mean, Dominic has, like, he's got Eddie's haircut, <laughs> like the weird mullet with, like, the shaved sides, uh, you know, the whole thing. And I know Vicky Guerrero was recently – most recently last seen working with AEW but boy oh boy if they can bring her back for some reason you know if for some, in some way uh figure out a way to bring her back i should say that would be that would be cool cuz that would be a fun part of the I, i'm just i'm excited for what's to come with these guys now that they've now that they've really sw- mixed things up and they've got the son turning on the father which will eventually lead to Probably more than one match, I would assume, but uh, that's going to be great. And I wonder, too, if this is like, if this is Rey Mysterio, you know, they just celebrated his 20 years in WWE. Obviously, he wasn't there for all of those 20 years. He left for a little while, did some other stuff. But, um, yeah, they celebrated his 20 years. It's like, yeah, man, that dude's, you know. He's not a young pup. He still can go in the ring. He still moves. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like Sting is in his 60s still having matches. So by that math, uh, you could say Rey Mysterio has got like another 20 years left in him in the ring. So so who knows? He's probably not hanging it up anytime soon. I I hope not anyways cuz I I fucking I love Rey Mysterio. Um and I've come to appreciate him more now that we're, you know, that that era of guys is it's a it's a dwindling number like you know John Cena is in Hollywood you know he comes back but it's always a short time you know uh maybe a one off appearance or maybe he's just back for a few weeks or a month to have a big match and that's fine uh why I would do the same fucking thing I'd I'd leave wrestling and I'd never look back if I if it catapulted me into movies Hollywood stuff uh you know same with The Rock same with Batista a lot of these folks and uh and now it's like wow yeah Undertaker's done Triple H Shawn Mike all these guys from you know who kind of got big in the 90s and Rey Mysterio is one of the one of the last of those guys uh, who's still around, who was, you know, became very, very famous and very popular in the 90s. So I wonder, like, is, you know, is this it? Is Ray saying, like, yeah, it's going to be time to hang it up soon, but not before I team up with my son and then have at least a match with my son? So, I yeah, you wonder, like, oh, is this, 
are we now on the the final path towards the end of Rey Mysterio's career? Who knows? But those were some big things coming out of the weekend, and Roman Reigns is still champion. All good, good, good stuff. Good, good, good little pay per view that they put together. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Riddle. They're trying to make that personal because they don't like each other uh, in real life. Uh, but they've you know they've buried the hatchet, whatever personal issues they had. But now they're bringing those up as part of the storyline, which is always fun. I like when they. I like wrestling's to me is at its best when it's blurring the lines between fiction and reality and you don't ooh is that supposed to there's nothing better than even after 30 years of being a wrestling fan and you've seen it all and you've heard it all and they've done it all to be able to still see something and say ooh is that supposed to happen that's my those are like my as long as it's not like a bad thing you know like Owen Hart falling to his death obviously wasn't supposed to happen. That's a bad, oh, is that supposed to happen? Of course it was not. <laughs> um, no, Owen Hart dying was not one of the planned outcomes of the pay-per-view. Oh, it's still, it's one of those things where you think about, oh, to have a time machine and just be like, dude, just don't go up on the fucking rafters, okay? You're going to fucking, no, just don't do that. Argue with Vince. Quit if you have to. Get fired if you have to. Just don't, don't go up into those rafters, man. Uh, bad idea. Bad idea. Just come through the curtain. Have the match. Go back to just being Owen Hart, and then in a couple of years retire and just go move into your dream home with your family forever and not have to worry about money. And Oh, God. It's still just like it, all these years later, 23 years later, it just, yeah. It's just no pun intended. It really rips your heart out after all this time. Owen's tragic demise, but anyway, but it's it's great though when when some you know somebody says something or something like oh was that supposed to happen? Now the Seth Rollins uh, Matt Riddle thing was absolutely supposed to happen. It was absolutely planned. They're not. This is WWE. And they have stockholders and, you know, publicly traded, all that stuff. They're not going to just, you know, have some thing happen that goes completely off script and uh, certainly not for very long without correcting it. So they had a whole thing with Seth Rollins and uh, and Matt Riddle. They fought at the pay-per-view on Saturday. And before that... Uh, they had a little uh, heated exchange. Let's see. Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins. Let's see here. Where's the... Uh... Matt Riddle drops an F-bomb on Raw August 20. Yeah, this was last week on Raw. They had a live via satellite split screen. You know, the usual back and forth trash talk. I'm going to beat you and you're a piece of crap and I blah, blah, blah. And then um, they did a thing where it's like, oh, after the cameras stopped rolling, here's what happened. Let's see. And clear. We good? Yeah. Oh, good. That's hey, Riddle. Still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Don't talk about my family, man. Let's talk about your family. Oh, wait, you ain't got one because your wife divorced you and took your kids and they don't want to see you anymore, huh? What did you just say? Yeah, you heard me. Where are you? Where are you? I'm here. Come find me. Dude, you don't get I'm not going to beat you up. I'm oh, going to oh, you up, bro. Oh, Where the oh, f*** are you? Right, Where are on. you? Come find Where? me. 
Where on. are you? Dude, you don't get a little smash and face it. Yeah, yeah. Keep playing games, bro. Keep playing games. I'm going to you up. That's so great. And it's like, okay, whoa. Because that's, that's the thing. They blur the lines because that shit. So, so, so it's Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. And, you know, you hear the guy that, you know, okay, we're and clear. And, uh, you know, Riddle's like, all right, and we're done. And then they hear Seth Rollins like, yo, Riddle, uh, you want to talk about families. Let's talk about your family. Oh, that's right. You don't have one because your wife left your bitch ass and took your kid took the kids and they don't want anything to do with they don't want anything to do with your bitch ass or whatever he said. Uh and then Riddle, you know, F you what the fuck did you just say? What and you know, you because WWE of all places, you're not supposed to hear those words. You're not supposed to occasionally you hear somebody, you know, say that say shit once in a while. But you're not supposed to hear that. And so when you hear it, like, and the F word, you're definitely not supposed to hear that. I mean, sometimes a microphone might pick it up if somebody's in the ring and they go, oh, fuck, you know, something like that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so when you hear that and it's like, oh, of course, it's on WWE's, you know, web page and YouTube page and social Twitter page. You know, obviously if they didn't want people to see that, they would have uh, made sure that they didn't see it. So clearly they wanted people to see that because it is part of the storyline. But it's based in reality because Matt Riddle, I don't know what, he was up to some shit and he was, uh, there were a bunch of wrestlers who kind of got, you know, in that Me Too thing, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, one of them, like on the severe end of things, was a guy named Velveteen Dream, who was like, "Oh shit, this is their next huge star. He is going to be huge. He's got this great look. He's got this persona. He's got music. Like the whole package is like, wow. And he's a good wrestler. This guy is going to be the it guy very soon." And then, whoa, two years ago, some reports come out about some very shady stuff that he was doing via text message with some very young ladies, uh, also known as children. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were like, I, I, I want to say like 14, 15 years old, which, yeah, not, not toddlers, but not legal adults. And that's very much, yeah, you can't do that whatever he was doing allegedly and whatever pictures he was sending them allegedly, uh, they were not the kinds of pictures that a, a 20 something year old man should be sending to a child. So his career seems to be over. They brought him back for a while. He was back on television at like the end of 2020, beginning of 2021 he was like back and it was kind of a weird like holy shit they're bringing this guy back and uh cuz they there was you know they said oh we did an investigation we found that there's nothing and and you know he's cleared of any but then it still kept to you know kept churning up uh so i don't know he keeps the guy who the velveteen dream the guy, i can't think of the guy's actual name but 
he keeps bringing up that like he's you know as anybody would i i don't i haven't seen many people who are like yeah yeah that was me i was i sent the alleged dick pics to the to the 15 year olds uh <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to actually say that but he's you know he's clearly adamantly uh denying that anything like that ever happened but then he just i think he just got hit with some it wasn't like a Weapons, I don't know if it was a weapons charge or an assault charge. Some, he was charged with something recently, I think. That doesn't help. You got to be squeaky clean if you want to be squeaky clean. <laughs> and if we're already thinking that you're less than squeaky clean and you're doing more shit, it's, uh, yeah, it's not going to make it much easier. It's not going to make it any easier to believe that you're not a fucking scumbag. Anyway, that was the extreme end. Matt Riddle who was also in NXT at the time, he was kind of in that conversation too, that he was, uh, you know, cheating on his wife, which is, you know, that's not against the law, but the ages of the people, I don't know, there's, and I'm going to get it all fucked up if I, you know, and, and maybe he was cleared of all of that. Obviously, if he's on television and Velveteen Dream is not with the company, then there's clearly a big, difference between whatever matt riddle was doing and whatever velveteen dream was doing so in any event the guy whatever was true or not about matt riddle's story he absolutely cheated on his wife and the wife and the kids kind of i don't know that they left him and have no contact i don't know anything about his personal life but it was clearly brought up on television clearly matt riddle signed off on it and said yeah we can use that and and that makes that adds that personal element beyond just hey you're the champion and I'm coming for your title and I'm going to take it from you. Oh. Now it's like no, I don't care. There is no championship. I just want to fucking kill you, and the fans are going to tune in to see me kill you, uh, which is good. And that was a good match. And obviously, if they wanted to kill each other, they would have killed each other by now. The fact that they go about have a match and be professional clearly, you know. Yeah, to suspend disbelief, but it's it's always great to see the lines blurred. Who's really doing that in a major way right now is AEW. They had a pay-per-view on Sunday. So you get the Clash of the Castle on Saturday. It was a good weekend to be a wrestling fan. Clash of the Castle on Saturday afternoon. Uh, this is, what, five-hour difference? So midday. It's nice to have, like, a midday Saturday pay-per-view. That's kind of fun. And uh, so... You watch the, the the clash at the castle, good matches, and then Sunday night is the AEW All Out pay per view, and uh, I've watched most of it. I still have a few more. I didn't see the main event yet. I know what happens, um, but oh, man, first of all, just Kenny Omega is just the best that there is. That's the guy. If I'm WWE, like he is. He is my number one guy that I want to eventually come to this company. He is just the man. And and especially now that and I think I I think overtures were made over the years. If I were to guess, because these younger people didn't want anything to do with working with Vince McMahon, because they know there's a history. It's like, okay, well, I'm Kenny Omega everywhere else, and now I'm gonna go to WWE and you know what are they going to, they're going to turn me into like cotton candy, Kenny. And I'm going to be like a cotton candy vendor in the crowd who becomes a wrestler or some stupid shit like that. 
So he's, you know, he hasn't come to WWE. But now Vince is gone, and this may very well open the door eventually for the, I mean, because now, now it's like, okay, years ago there were certain talents from the independent scene, from Ring of Honor, from New Japan, from TNA. It's like, oh, man, we're finally going to get, oh, my God, AJ Styles is in WWE. Holy shit, I never thought, oh, my God, Samoa Joe. Oh, my God, Bobby Roode. Oh, my God, Prince Devitt, a.k.a. Finn Balor. Uh, you know, Kevin Steen, now Kevin Owens. Uh, all these guys that were, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, oh, my God. Um, who was He was my f- favorite of all the, the Japanese guys in New Japan. Uh, and Kenny Omega was, like, instantly like, oh, man, this guy's a huge deal. I don't know if he is now, but he's going to be if he's not already. Because the first time I saw him was 2015. Well, he had a viral video uh, with what's-her-name, who's in AEW. Oh, God, I can't think. Oh, my gosh, I can't think of her name. Jesus Christ. Anyway, there was a viral video from about a decade ago when she was like, I don't know, 10 years old or something. And they had a wrestling match. And it was really kind of neat. But I didn't know too much about him then. And then I saw him on New Japan, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9, back in 2015. And he came out and just the music, the look, uh, the confidence, everything was all buttoned up. It was all there. It's like, oh, fuck. And he's got a great name as far as I'm concerned. Um, and he's, yeah, he's to me like I just – if he ever goes to WWE and they do they do right by him, he's got like I don't even know how many uh, WrestleMania main events. But the reality is that's that's the fantasy world. The reality world is like he'll probably go to WWE. He'll spend a year there. They'll still f- figure out a way to make him Cotton Candy Kenny or some stupid thing, and it'll not be so great. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's. Fucking world champion. I I hope Kenny Omega is the guy who ends the Roman Reigns title streak years from now. I hope the I hope Roman Reigns streak keeps going uh, until it becomes stale, and then I hope somebody like Kenny Omega becomes a surprise entrant in a Royal Rumble. You know, two, three, four years from now, and then goes on to, to well, hopefully sooner than that because Kenny Omega is not he's not old, but he's not a spring chicken either. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we get uh, get Kenny Omega in WWE. But anyway, he's my he's just so good, and he's got the theme song. Everything about him, he's just an amazing wrestler. He's so fucking good. He's the best in the world, as far as I'm concerned. He's the reason uh, why I initially said, "Oh, I got to tune in to see this AEW. Kenny Omega is going to be part of this. The Young Bucks are going. I got to see this." And I got to go to my first AEW show in October of 2019, and I got to see Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela in a ladder match. Or was it a ladder match? They used the ladder. I think it was just a, you know, whatever, no holes barred, do whatever you want kind of match. How the fuck do you get these goddamn cough drops open? Jesus, every single time I try to open these Ludens, and it's not because I want a cough drop. It's because the cherry flavor is so delicious. Mm. Oh, that is so, that's so tasty. My kids have a, like a, a each have a bowl of Ludens. 
at the at the foot of their bed beds. Um, it's just like sometimes they'll just like mm, throw it a little dry. I'll have a lewd, a delicious cherry. Lewd. It's candy. It's so good. It's like having a cherry lifesaver. Mm. But it lasts longer. I know it's not good podcasting. I have a cough drop in my mouth, but so my my my, my throat's so scratchy and dry. Anyway, uh, so um, Kenny Omega. What was I talking about him? Yeah, I, I I hope he eventually comes at WWE. But then there's also part of me that's like, you know, I like right where he is. Why does everything have to be WWE? Um, it'll happen eventually because. No matter what, the very best wrestlers in the world always make their way to WWE. What happens after that is, you know, who knows? But there's, I mean, even Sting eventually, after 20 years, finally came to WWE and he did not have a good run there. But oh, great. Chris Rock rejects public apology from Will Smith over Oscars incident. Good for you, man. Fuck Will Smith. Fuck that guy. And it's crazy because Will Smith, I un, I I had been following him. Russia adds 25 Americans, including Sean Penn and Ben Stiller, to stop list. What does that mean? Like, they can't... Oh, because they were hanging out with the Ukraine uh, guy. <laughs> oh, no. How can I get on the Russian stop list? I think that would be kind of a fun list to be on. By the way, Sean Penn is such a piece of shit. I don't care what he does as far as his, like, you know, political this and that, whatever he's trying to do. He's an asshole. Like, he's a known asshole. Like, didn't he, hasn't he known for, like, being an abusive guy? Like, I don't know. Whatever. I think Sean Penn was. Uh, he had the foresight to uh, to beat the shit out of women before there was the internet and Me Too and all that stuff. So now he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the statute of limitations on like just hating this guy is up. Johnny Depp is a piece of shit. Obviously, you know, I think I think we got duped for a while into thinking like, wait a minute. I think she might be the abusive one in this relationship. And then it's like, oh, no, he's an asshole. But I don't know. People don't care. They just don't care. If you're if you're good enough and, you know, big enough movie star and whatever, you're just, you know, it might might, uh, might, might be some ripples in the waves in the, in the water for a while. But, yeah. Anyway. Uh, who cares about them? Yeah, but Kenny Omega is just AEW. I think that's that's a big reason, too. I haven't watched as much AEW in the last several months because, A, I haven't had time. B, it's a lot quicker to watch WWE because it's mostly just fast-forwarding because it sucks. Um, although it has gotten better in recent weeks. Uh, and C... Uh, I love CM Punk. I love Brian Danielson. I love all those guys. Kenny Omega is like, that's that's who I came to see, man. I want to just fucking see. 
and I got to see Kenny Omega in 2019, and then I got to see Kenny Omega last year dressed as a Ghostbuster. Just, you know, a fun tag match, but it was still, you know, still got to see Kenny Omega, which was great. Didn't get to hear his theme music in person that last time, but that's all right. Um, but I just... I just want him to be the champion. I want him to – he was such a good heel, such a good bad guy. He's just – I don't know. He can do it all as far as I'm concerned. And now what they're trying to do is they're trying to have this whole uh, – I've, I've played you before the Maxwell Jacob Friedman MJF when he walked out on the company supposedly a few months ago and he came out and he gave that whole promo and he – Tony, he said, Tony Khan, fire me, you fucking Mark. Which Tony Khan is his boss. And Mark is just like a, it's a derogatory word for a wrestling fan. A Mark is somebody who, you know, is just really, you know, just a, just a, you know, a Mark, like anything, like just a, um, just kind of a, just kind of a asshole who like believes, believes it's real and all that stuff. And, and then they have smart marks who are just, <laughs> you know, they mark out for the wrestling product or the wrestlers that they like, but they, but they read some stuff on the internet so they think that they're insiders and they're just all these terms. Anyway, MJF came out a few months ago and said to Tony Khan, he got on the live mic and said, fire me, you fucking mark. Um, and then that's it. They never spoke his name again. They unfollowed him on Twitter. All this stuff. To make it believe like, oh, this, this, this actually is real. I, I, they, they unfollowed him on Twitter. I mean, that's, you, you only do that when something's really, really real. (laughs) And me, cause I'm a smart Mark (laughs) and I've been marking out for wrestling since 1992. Um, I just. I don't know I don't know MJF. I don't know any of these guys personally, but I wouldn't have believed for a second that he is in reality nothing less than probably a really super nice guy, probably a real gentleman, uh and probably like a consummate professional is what I would also say if I had to guess. And I'm sure there was some little bits of reality of MJF thinking, you know, probably going to Tony Khan and saying, hey, man, like I'm rapidly becoming one of the biggest stars, not only in this company, but in this industry. And my contract that you gave me two years ago when I was nobody, eh, I think it's time to maybe talk about that or else I'll go someplace else that you don't want me to go. I think Cody Rhodes probably did something similar. And Tony Khan was like, yeah, we don't need you. You can go. (laughs) And he got the fuck out of there and went back to WWE and became a huge star. They welcomed him back with open arms. Um, Cody Rhodes in AEW is kind of stale and played out. Cody Rhodes in WWE is fresh and new and like, oh, my God, he's just he's shooting from the hip, man. This is like, oh, wow. It's so funny. It's all relative, right? But uh, so they, this whole thing with MJF quitting or whatever, walking out and just 
you know, usually the wrestling, they would say, we have, uh, you know, we apologize for MJ. They said nothing. They didn't, ref- they didn't reference his thing on the microphone. They didn't have replays of it. They, his merchandise was off the website. I mean, just everything. And you got the quote unquote smart marks saying, Ooh, I think this is actually real. <laughs> and the rest of us, me, the cynic that I am, I'm I'm saying not even for a second was this probably the realest this ever got was MJF going up to Tony Khan sometime in the last year and be like, dude, I think we you know, I think it's time to talk here because my contract is for this amount. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm probably worth a hell of a lot more than that. Tony Khan saying, absolutely, let's renegotiate your contract, get you the money that you deserve. I'll bet you that's as far as this thing got to being out of hand. But I'm sure as part of that, they were, you know, these guys are wrestling fans. The owner of AEW is a huge wrestling fan. He's a mark. (laughs) So he probably, you know, he's probably endlessly trying to scheme up things that have never been done before in pro wrestling, which is hard to do because it's all been done before or so it seems. So you got to think of something brand, brand, brand new. And so, you know, I don't know that this is like a new thing, MJF, you know, walking out of AEW and them pretending, going to such great lengths. Uh, that's that's the new part of it. But it's it's I'm sure they said, hey, you know what? We should work this into the whole thing. We'll have you do. Look, you can get the summer off. Go home, rest up, heal, enjoy your summer. We'll have you walk out on the company. In, at the beginning of June. Then you can take three months off. You don't have to do social media. You don't have to do any appearances, no matches, no nothing. Just rest and then come back. And people, after a certain amount of time, people will start to think, boy, he, maybe he's not coming back. And then boom, there you are. And I think that's what they did on Sunday night when MJF returned uh, and won this uh, ladder thing and is now going to challenge at some point, CM Punk, his arch nemesis, for the world title, which is cool. Uh, and they sold it as well as they could, that it was a real thing. Me, personally, at no point did I think there was anything shady or weird going on. I think it's all it's all bullshit. I think this was, yeah, a very well-thought-out plan, including, like, yeah, we'll unfollow you on social media, we'll get rid of your... Mer- your merchandise sales, unfortunately, are going to suffer because we're going to remove the shit from the store. Really make it look like we have severed all ties to you. And they did. But everybody knew that this guy was going to be back sooner than later, and now he's back. So it's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, we knew that. But now it's exciting because you're going to hear this angry, pissed-off guy who hasn't been there in three months just shit on everyone and everything and just be a miserable prick and it's going to be at least we certainly hope so it's going to be uh television gold when he gets on that microphone and starts just spewing whatever he has to say <laughs> and that and that's the part where it's real you know you have these just like any good actor i think who can you know in a movie where you're watching somebody you think wow this this is fucking believable. You know, when people can reach deep down and pull something out, because we've all had, 
you know, wonderful things happen. We've all had sad, horrible things happen. We've all had, we've all experienced the whole, the whole spectrum of emotions at many different times in our lives. And that really talented actors in show business can, uh, can channel that stuff and pull it out and use it if they need to cry in a scene or if they need whatever, whatever. Um, and I think MJF is very good at that because he too has used his real life. You know, he was, he was bullied when he was a kid. He finally found football, which he thought, you know, people would accept him. And then he sees the football team and then they throw a quarter on the floor because he's Jewish and it's like, oh, okay, everyone's still a fucking anti-Semite. It's just now I play football and they're still fucking making fun of me for being Jewish. And his one role model, his one inspiration was CM Punk that he looked up to. And then CM Punk left professional wrestling in 2014 and didn't come back for seven years. Oh, my God. What a fucking great origin story for this nice kid who just wanted to belong and everybody was a total piece of shit to him and now and now he's a piece of shit to everybody else it's fucking beautiful and the guy who he looked up to who inspired him walked out in real life really did walk out on wwe walked out on wrestling for seven years close to eight years and now he's back and everything's great, but it's like, hey, fuckhead, I want to beat the shit out of you because you fucking, you left me when I needed you most. It's beautiful. It's like, I, I just can't even, I can't say enough about how great the, the all this stuff with MJF and with CM Punk, it's all great. And now he's back and he's going to face CM Punk and I think it's about to get really, really real on the microphone, which could be just uh, insanely good. I think AEW will have their highest rating ever this Wednesday night. Uh, I hope so, anyways, and I hope it. I hope it stays there and it just keeps growing. Because um, for a while there, Kenny Omega, CM Punk, MJF, Brian Danielson, uh, and probably others were out with injuries. On top of losing Cody Rhodes, it was, you know, they didn't. Ha- you know, for a while there, all their big names. All their biggest and best talkers and main event stars were either out injured or whatever. And now they're all back. And the last one, the last missing piece was MJF, and now he's back. Everyone's back. This is the AEW that we love. Kenny Omega's there, and CM Punk's there, and Danielson's there, and Friedman is there, and Britt Baker, and oh, man, just great stuff. Uh, so... So that's great. And then on top of that, they're playing up this personal animosity between CM Punk and, like, everybody. <laughs> like, everybody hates CM Punk and CM Punk hates everybody. Which is also a thing that I am sorry, but I don't buy it for a second. I don't buy this shit either. Sorry. Um, You know, CM Punk comes back. And he's smiling. Everything's all smiles and happy. And now he's miserable. And he hates everyone in the company. And it's like, oh, the old CM Punk. Angry. Unhappy. Shitting on everyone. Shitting on everything. Well, 
I'm sorry. I don't believe it. <laughs> I really don't. I think CM Punk, uh, you know, he proved to himself and to us that he was good uh, without pro wrestling. He found other things to do. He was making comics. He was making movies. He was doing other stuff. Um, yeah, he came back to wrestling because he saw AEW and said, "That's if I'm never going back to WWE. There's nothing in pro wrestling that I want to do ever again. And then he saw AEW and he said, fuck, that's pretty good. I, I actually think I, I want to be there. Um. There was just such a level of appreciation from CM Punk to the fans, to the company, everything. There was such a seemingly level of appreciation and happiness. And to then hear like, oh, he's he's really soured on the whole thing. And everybody in the locker room hates him. And he hates everybody. Sorry, not not buying it. I'm going to tune in because I love it. But I am not buying any of it. Sorry. Just not. And I hope I hope none of it is real. I hope it's just a really good, you know, really good storytelling where they're going above and beyond the basic, uh, you know, wrestling stuff. Um, because, like, CM Punk came back and his former buddy Colt Cabana was in AEW. And then CM Punk came back. Colt Cabana and CM Punk are not friends anymore. They were once best friends. And for whatever reason, according to CM Punk, Colt Cabana stabbed him in the back. Uh, the last time those were two were together was Colt Cabana had CM Punk on his podcast uh, a few months after he left, after he walked out on WWE. He did the Colt Cabana podcast just to tell his side of the story. And then uh, a few months after that, it was like, oh, Colt Cabana and CM Punk are no longer friends. They hate each other. What? And there was a lot, like CM Punk had paid a bunch of Colt Cabana's bills and stuff. Uh, according to CM Punk, Colt Cabana's, you know, kind of a backstabber. And he sued, one of them sued the other, and then they countersued. And, and that's pretty real stuff. And shortly after CM Punk came back to AEW, we didn't see much of Colt Cabana on AEW. And... And a lot of folks are saying that was CM Punk's doing was to send him to Ring of Honor, which AEW now owns, and to you know have him be a part of that so that he, he and CM Punk do not have to uh, interact too much with one another. Hello, Toby. Uh, oh, you just look at this cat and you just want to pet him. And there's a little cute little face, and he's terrified of me because I've just been pacing back and forth talking about wrestling. He doesn't know. I don't think he knows I'm talking about wrestling. Toby, do you know that I'm talking about wrestling? No? Okay. He walked away. So, <laughs> anyways, so, so uh, yeah, so Colt Cabana was, has been noticeably absent from AEW's television. And he's been part of the Ring of Honor brand, if you will. And Hangman Adam Page referenced that a few months ago uh, after Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out for legitimately walked out on WWE. Uh, didn't for whatever reason came in. They were the cha- they were the tag champs. 
they threw their belts down on the table and said, fuck this, we're out of here. And they left, and they haven't been back since. It seems like things are going to work out now that Vince is no longer there, and uh, and they'll probably find their way back sooner than later, I would imagine. But CM Punk said something on Twitter after that, like showing support for those two. You know, like workers got to stick together. Uh, you know, the, the wrestling business is chew you up and spit you out and you got to stick together and blah, 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 whatever. Hangman Adam Page, who was CM Punk's opponent that CM Punk defeated for the world title a few months ago at one of the pay-per-view events, came out on AEW and had a face-to-face with CM Punk and said, dude, you talk about standing up for workers. And that's, you know, he was just alluding to the fact that, you know, CM Punk stands stands up for the other wrestlers, the other workers. We're solidarity, man. And yet you're the one who got Colt Cabana uh, banished away from AEW and put onto the secondary show. So you're full of shit is basically what he was saying. And evidently that was very much off script. Uh, and the two very much do not like each other. And so then CM Punk a few weeks ago came out onto AEW and said, hey, hangman Adam Page, uh, if you're a man and not a bitch, you'll come out here and face me right now. He said that knowing that Adam Page was not in the building. And he went off script and everybody was allegedly very disappointed and very unhappy with CM Punk for that. Sunday, CM Punk wins the world title. There's a a media scrum, as they called it afterwards, where CM Punk, he's still covered in sweat and blood and the whole thing, and he's eating baked goods and drinking, like, seltzers. or He's got, like, he's just got, like, a a trash bag filled with soda cans that he's opening up on the table and just a box, uh, a bakery box, I'm like, what is this? He's eating cookies, brownies? It looks like he's eating brownies. And then he he mentioned like so-and-so's bakery in Chicago. Uh, they're closed Monday and Tuesdays, but it's the best. Uh, can't write, you know, which was nice. That was a, you know, funny moment. But uh, they had a little media scrum and he's talking about, you know, oh, the AV, the, the executive vice presidents, the EVPs of this company. That's a bunch of bullshit. EVP, uh, you know, the and and Kenny Omega, and Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson, a.k.a. the Young Bucks, they are EVPs of that company. Along with Cody Rhodes, they founded that company and Tony Khan. Cody Rhodes obviously no longer an EVP or anything. He left and went back to WWE, but those three guys still remain as EVPs. And CM Punk was just calling out what a joke that is because, like, what are they doing as EVPs? They suck. They're idiots. Uh, and then if, evidently there was an altercation in the locker room after that where Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks stormed in and got in CM Punk's face and CM Punk's buddy Ace Steel was there and punches were thrown and chairs were thrown and one of the guys got hit in the face with a chair and now Ace Steel is going to be fired because he hit the guy with a chair. It's like, dude, yeah, okay, yes, that all that all very much happened, I'm sure. Uh, I, well, maybe it did, maybe it did, but I, and you know, just out of nowhere, seemingly over the last couple of months, these stories of CM Punk being unhappy with AEW and all that, it's like, he's not even been there for a year. Like, what is like, he's unhappy. 
And that leads me to just believe that they are after, you know, when CM Punk came back, he was like the ultimate good guy, the ultimate baby face, because we haven't seen him in seven years. Even though we know that this guy can be a total fucking piece of shit asshole on the microphone and in real life, too, probably a little bit. Uh, We know this, but also he's like older and he's not like that really so much anymore and he's just kind of you know he's happy in life he's content he's you know he's let a lot of stuff go and he's just happy to be back with a wrestling company that he really likes wrestling guys that he's never gotten to wrestle before having matches that he never thought he would have uh i'm sorry i just can't totally believe that all of a sudden he's just like super pissed off and he hates everybody after uh, you know 12 months of not saying anything about anyone and certainly not shitting on anyone and now he's you know he's like public enemy number one and and, you know and it all stems you know goes back to the colt cabana thing which if true then if that if that part is true then i guess yeah okay but I still have a hard time believing any of it to be true. Does CM Punk and Cole Cabana like each other? I don't think so. I don't think they've, I think that's legit. They had a legit, you know, lawsuits and stuff. I also believe I would, the notion that Tony Khan would bring a year ago, would bring CM Punk into AEW, knowing that CM Punk's former best friend and real life, enemy who he has sued or countersued or whatever is employed by the company you'd think that tony khan would have brought that up or somebody would have brought that up and said look dude i really want you to come and work for aew cm punk this would be a huge get for us um but you know colt cabana works here right yeah yeah let's talk through that i think we can make this work and I'm sure they sat the guys down. I, I just can't imagine that nothing was said and they just brought CM Punk in. And I'm sure they don't like each other still. And like just they kept their distance from each other in the locker room. I, I find that all hard to believe. I feel like they would have said to Colt Cabana, like, hey, man, you work here. He doesn't. We want to bring him in. What are your thoughts? And frankly, I think they would have brought him in regardless. So, so there is that. But uh, I, I don't know. Just this whole – all of a sudden he's pissed at everybody and everybody's pissed at him. And now he's uh, – they don't like him behind the scenes and it's a bad working environment. And all the stuff that has been said about CM Punk in the past that we have come to know him for. You know, the backstage stuff, not being the easiest guy to work with sometimes. Uh, you know, obviously the guy walked out on WWE. Like, he doesn't give a fuck about nothing. So he's a guy that is probably, if AEW is like, dude, we can't have you doing this shit, he'll be like, okay, I'll just be gone then and go back to my nice quiet life that I was enjoying. Um. But I got to come back to wrestling and prove to myself that I could still do it. 
that I could still captivate an audience, that I could still draw a crowd, that people want to pay and come and see me, and this and that and the other thing. And he did. And But I, I'm sorry. I can't imagine for a second that when he came back a year ago, knowing that he was going to be beloved by everybody because we haven't seen him in so long, but also knowing that eventually that would wear off and that, you know, if he came back a year ago and was like evil prick CM Punk, it wouldn't have worked. What's this? Oh, yeah, right. But now he's been there for a year. We had a, we had 12 months to cheer him and his big victories and his title wins. And everything else, and this poor cat is just running away in terror. Oh, kitty, kitty, kitty. Hello, Toby. It's just me. You don't have to be scared. It's just me. And you don't have to be scared of the carpet. It's just rolled up because you keep pushing it. There. See? Look at that. Eh? You got You see? It's all good, Toby. It's all good. You'll get used to me pacing back and forth doing this thing. Anyway. I got this Dyson Air thing that just... It just rotates back and forth, and it, I think it's just kind of like he's fascinated by it. Like, what is this? Is it a person? Is it an animal? Is it what is happening? I'm sure those words are literally going through his head right now. Anyway, uh, so CM Punk, we're now a year later, and he's probably said, okay, I think now it's time to pull the trigger on me doing what I do best, which is being a total prick. And I hope, I don't want this to be the case, but I could see this being the case, where now uh, MJF is going to be chasing CM Punk for the title. And as of right now, MJF is the bad guy, CM Punk is the good guy. I wouldn't be surprised if we got to the end of Wednesday, or at least sometime in the course of the next few weeks, and now you're going to have that reversed. And CM Punk is the champion, but he's evil and he's a piece of shit. And now we're cheering for our MJF. Again, I don't MJF is just too good as a bad guy. I don't want to see him as a good guy, but he would uh people would love him. They'd go crazy for him. And his story, he has now told us that he is bitter and angry because CM Punk left the wrestling business and he walked out on MJF when he needed him most when he was a high school kid trying to fight bullies and trying to, you know, be accepted and all this stuff. And he's at least I have CM Punk every week to watch on TV to boost my spirits and then poof, he's gone. And that's his villain origin story. But goddamn, that's a pretty good like, hey, CM Punk, you're the villain. You fucking walked out on us. And now the love fest is over because it's been a year and now we're kind of used to having CM Punk back. It's not fresh. It's not new. So him smiling and being happy all the time is like, yeah, that's enough, dude. Go back to being a prick. So I think this is all just like the MJF stuff. I think they're just doing a really nice job of putting together a very elaborate, elaborately told story that blurs the lines of fiction and reality more than anyone ever has before in any wrestling storyline and i either way you slice it goddamn i'll be there wednesday night watching aew i'll be ordering the next pay-per-view just i you know i'm i'm hooked i'm hooked i'm ready i'm ready for whatever's next 
And if it's all fucking real, then that just makes it better in some ways because now there's a total unpredictability factor. Like, oh shit, you know they said uh, they said uh, 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 Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks uh, wanted to leave the company because they were so pissed at what CM Punk said about them on this uh, press conference media scrum thing while he was eating brownies and drinking cans of something. Uh, they wanted to leave the company. They stormed the locker room. Like, what the fuck? It just, it doesn't sound, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is, though. Maybe these guys are all just fucking pricks, and this is what it's like to work at AEW. <laughs> And it's all, it was a happy, cheery, everybody, you know, love fest kind of place. And then CM Punk came back and now it's not. Is that true? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But I, I still don't believe it. I've been around too long to believe anything is real in wrestling. Uh, But, you know, unless, unless I see Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks show up on Monday Night Raw tonight or something like that. And that's not going to happen either way. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't believe a, a bit of it. I really don't. I think. I think CM Punk has returned to wrestling, as you know, also as a consummate professional. I think he's doing the right thing. I just. I don't believe any of this shit is really happening. It just makes for good storyline. It's believable, and now you're gonna watch like, okay, who's gonna kick whose ass? Uh, you know, the, the next uh, pay per view or the next show. So anyways, that's a recap of what's been happening in AEW. And for a guy who doesn't get a chance to watch a lot of AEW, I feel like I have I feel like I am pretty well caught up on all of it. I got to go back and just watch my DVR recordings of it. Uh and I don't because it's like I want to I want to be able to watch all of it. There's very little of AEW that I wish to fast forward. And so I have a backlog going to February of AEW dynamite wednesday night shows and rampage friday night i just i'm not gonna get to all of it there's some stuff that's just gonna be straight up deleted i will have to do a lot of fast forwarding because i don't have time otherwise you know if like if i was retiring at the end of this week for good like really just came across uh, some uh, you know a huge fortune a big sum of money and i was calling it quits and just have now I have all this time to just sit and watch wrestling, then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch all of it, but I don't. So, uh, but watching Monday Night Raw is very easy because it's so much of it you can fast forward. Oh man, I'm so tired. That makes for good podcasts. Me yawning, me yawning twice in the last two minutes on my own podcast makes for a great episode, doesn't it? <laughs> oh shit anyways i really do have to go though and i'm gonna try and post these podcasts and oh god it's just the day is is slipping away because i record i recorded the first one before work started and i recorded this one during lunch and now it's been an hour and 15 and lunch is over so anyway e- either way i wish i wish aew was on monday nights so we could get this and not have to wait well yesterday was monday but uh gotta wait till tomorrow to see it on wednesday and it's football wednesday night shit i gotta do nfl picks at some point don't i dun, 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 dun. um for a while the nfl the the, the for the opening night was 
on a Thursday. And then for the last several years, I feel like it's been on a Wednesday for some reason. And let's see. I feel like it went back to Thursday, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's Thursday. Buffalo lost. Okay. So they're not they're not going up against anything as far as like if if that big football game was on Wednesday, then AEW would be like ah shit. But it's not. So football, Bills and uh, uh, the Rams. That's a Thursday night game, and uh, oh boy, look at this one though, Indianapolis and Houston. Tickets as low as $23. Do you know what the tickets are for like an average New England Patriots game? I mean, they're New England's home games. Let's just look. The least expensive. And when they say tickets as low as, that means the shittiest seat in the building is going for that. And if you want anything decent, it's going to be at least double and probably triple that amount. Their home games, the cheapest one, tickets as low as, this is for the New England Patriots. Oh, they start out with two away games. Wow. <laughs> Miami and Pittsburgh. Hmm. Oh, my God. I can't stop yawning. I don't know if you heard. I fought one off a little a few minutes ago. The cheapest tickets. For a home game is against Cincinnati. That's because it's Christmas Eve. Saturday, December 24th. They'll they'll pack that stadium, but it's Christmas Eve. People are like, eh, I wish I could go, but you know, it's Christmas Eve. I got shit to do. I'll watch it on TV. It's a one o'clock game, so you could you could go to that and then be home to do family stuff. But yeah. Uh anyway. That's the cheapest. Tickets as low as $97 for a Christmas Eve game. The rest of them are well into 100 and up. Uh, boy, when they go to Green Bay, $248, the lowest ticket. 249 when they go to Las Vegas. And this is a Patriots team that, like, you know, this ain't the Tom Brady Patriots, by the way. <laughs> and they're still, yeah. And then you look at Houston. Uh, I mean, first of all, like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to. Uh, Anyway, $23. Then they got... Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, okay, I was looking at... Okay, boy, am I stupid. Houston Texans, 23. The home games, 25, 21. Philadelphia, Thursday night game, tickets as low as 42. That's the most expensive. Washington, $21. Cleveland, $68. Okay, that's the most expensive home game. Uh, Kansas City, $58. Jacksonville, I mean, that's a sh- that's terrible. Like, anything that involves, like, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Houston, that whole, that whole AFC South sucks. Even if they're good, I think they suck. Indianapolis is the only team that I'm ever, like, kind of interested to see. Yeah, and they're hosting Jacksonville on New Year's well, New Year's Day. Yeah, I get it. Who who would want to? Fifteen dollars. Oh my gosh. Let me just see though. What could you get? I want to sit on the sideline. Holy shit. I'm I'm looking in like the sidelines, like fifty yard line type stuff. 
and the most, yeah, from $94. That is nothing. And then on the, on the visiting sideline, holy shit. I mean, I would be buying those. It's like, wow, why wouldn't you go to a game for, you could, these are like front row seats practically. And they're, look at this end zone, $30. Oh my gosh. Okay, 461 for these are the are these the sweets? What's this one? Luxury box or something? Let me take a look. At NRG Stadium, club level. Yeah. All right. I mean, $347 each for club level tickets, but that's going to get you that that comes with some stuff. Right? Doesn't say. Does it say? No splits. Well, anyway, club level is, I mean, they're fantastic seats, first of all. That's like, uh, those are incredible seats. And if you're at the club level, then you get access to certain stuff. So, okay. But 304, considering what the cheap seats go for at most football games, and you're talking about like Green Bay and New England, and the lowest price is starting at two forty seven. Uh, you know that's still an incredible uh, club level seats for that. It's it's incredible. It's incredible, dude. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, okay. But at least the kickoff is a Thursday night game, not Wednesday. So AEW will be uncontested as far as uh, the National Football League, and that's a good thing about having your show on Wednesday. You know, Monday Night Raw. Hey, they've been doing okay for almost 30 years. This January will be the 30-year anniversary of Monday Night Raw. They've been doing okay for 30 years, going up against the NFL every Monday from September until December. And now January, I guess. Uh, so but that's a, that's a different, different story. But anyways, uh, but AEW is, uh, yeah, they don't have to go up against football. So that's good. Hopefully everybody's t- – I can't wait. I just can't wait. Whatever they're doing on AEW on Wednesday night. I'm I'm here for it. Uh and then on Raw they've got Dexter Loomis kidnapping the Miz. I don't even know. I don't even know who the hell Dexter Loomis is. But they've got him out there like he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's a resemblance. If he shaved his head, he's got like, you know, he looks like a pissed off guy. Uh, but I don't know anything about him, so he's not Stone Cold Steve Austin in any way, shape or form. Oh man. Anyways yeah, I, I think either way you slice it, we're now we're 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 past you know summertime's over as far as you know vacation summer stuff. Now that it, Labor Day is done, it's the unofficial end of summer, and school's back. Every it's the new fall season, and this is where like okay, everybody's they're back from their vacations, they're at home on Monday nights and Wednesday nights and whatever nights watching TV, watching wrestling. Now I feel like in the next few weeks, you're just going to see in the next few months. I, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of big stuff coming up on the horizon for wrestling. And I'm here for all of it, even though I probably won't see much of it, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, we got uh, Billy Joel coming up this week. Originally we were all going to go on a Thursday night. So that way we could just have a full day in the city, you know, play hooky and stuff and uh, just be in the city and enjoy Friday and then go to the concert and then get up Saturday and come home. But a couple of things we've, you know, 
first of all, the wife has a new, uh, you know, got a promotion and, you know, doesn't feel, and I can't, I would be the same way. It's like, I just started and I'm going to tell him that I need a, a school day off and it's, it's a position that's hard to get a backup for and all these things. So, okay. And then the kids are like, yeah, we don't really want to go see Billy Joel. I'm like, yeah, but you'd get a day off from school and we'd be going to New York City. Yeah, but I don't want to see Billy Joel. Like, okay. And then last, and then it occurred to me, it's like, well, wait a minute. The concert's not until 8 o'clock at the Garden. Uh, everybody's out of school. Like, we could make sure everybody's done with school by like 2 and just head there. We'd get to we'd get to the city between six and seven. We wouldn't have a lot of time to you know, but we'd get to the hotel, get the car parked, find a hotel that's near the garden, which is easy enough to do because there are lots of hotels near the garden. It's you know, it's fucking midtown. Uh, and then yeah, and then we you know we walk over and we see the show, enjoy the concert, and then. Uh, you know, get a good night's sleep, get up early the next day, head home. Not, you know, won't really hang out too much in the city and enjoy it, unfortunately, but we'll get to see this, uh, you know, what will eventually be, you know, something that you can't do as these guys are just not getting any younger. You know, Paul McCartney was probably a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Billy Joel, he's got the residency uh, thing at the Garden, uh, so there are other chances to see him, but hey. Again, these guys are, they're not spring chickens, man. You know, go, go, go see them while the getting's good. And, and Billy Joel, maybe he decides, you know, after all of his appearances or he's, you know, all his obligations have been met. And he says, yeah, I think that's enough. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm done. I'm just going to go back to relaxing. Just sit at home and play the piano and just, you know, hang out kick it man uh so that's why i say okay an opportunity to see billy joel is he my favorite artist of no i really like i've i used to fucking hate billy joel and i have come to appreciate him over the years um some of his songs i still think are just absolutely atrocious uh but the ones that he plays in concert are the less atrocious ones that i actually really do like I mean, come on, go to see Billy Joel sing New York State of Mind in New York, in Madison Square Garden. Come on, of course. And the kids are going to have, everybody's going to have a good time. And we're going to get there uh, and, you know, we're going to pick the kids up like right at two, which is about 45 minutes earlier than they can get dismissed. But it's, you know, the wife can't get out any earlier than that. So... That is realistically two o'clock on Friday is the earliest we're gonna go to. The, we're gonna have everything packed in the car. We're gonna go over there. We're gonna pick up the kids, and we're just gonna head on south to the big city. And uh, yeah, and we're gonna see a nice concert, and then we're and then that's it. They're gonna turn around and come back, and uh, and that way, and also that way we don't have to. We don't have to leave little Tobster uh, by himself for too long. Uh, so we'll be able to, and he's got the automated, you know, everything. He's, he's going to have plenty of food. He's going to, he'll be a little lonely for a little bit, but he'll be okay. And then we'll come back 
we'll come back Saturday morning. We'll be back in the morning. Like uh, the plan, as far as I'm concerned, is to check, uh, you know, we usually hang out as late as we can, get some nice breakfast, hang out in the city for a bit, check, get a late checkout at noon, you know, get home, uh, we'll get home at four or five o'clock, whatever, who cares? But I, I would, <laughs> I'm hopeful that we'll get up early and, and head, head home. But, but now I'm, I fucking, I dropped the kids off in my car this morning and I'm trying to, I'm like, do you guys hear that? I'm like, what? I'm like, is this car making a noise? I'm like, no, we don't hear anything. It's just the rain. It's the windshield wipers. I'm like, I don't think so. I turned everything down and I, I just feel like I could hear like more of a, I, I don't even know. It's just one of those things that's going to drive me nuts. And I'm, I'm hoping it is just something that like it's so, you know, the undercarriage is so wet that it's just, you know, it's just making weird noises. And when it dries out, it's not going to make, and it's not even a noise. It's just like, it's a little, everything just seems a little louder than I'm used to. And I dropped the kids off and I thought, maybe, <sighs> seems ridiculous that the tire pressure would be low since I just a week ago took it to the place and had the very nice service uh, package performed on it, which you would think, hey, my car was running fine beforehand. I didn't feel like I needed that service, but you know what? You're supposed to get it, so I went and got it. And it's almost like clockwork, too. And this is is why nobody trusts these fucking guys. I, I can't tell you how many times... I took my car somewhere to get something done or not even to get anything, just a basic routine oil change. Uh, and then something else, something's suddenly wrong with it. Like it's just, it's happened too many times and now I'm, so now I'm pissed, but I'm also like, it might be a nothing. I thought maybe I just need air in my tires, which seems strange because I just got air put in my tires a week ago when I went and got the car serviced. So it should, in theory, be in the best shape it's been in the whole time that I've had it. And uh, especially now that it's been tuned up and checked and everything's nice and good. And then I start to think like, yeah, did they, you know, they rotate the tires and then they put them on and not, not, is it not tight enough? And... You know, driving to Boston Thursday and back, you know, put a little extra wear and tear on it that sped that along. And now our things, I, I can't tell. It's not like, it's just like a, it's a weird sort of like almost whirring or something that sounds like when you're low on air in your tires. And so that's what I thought. And so I went and filled up the tires. And it's still making that fucking noise. So I'm just, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm just very hopeful. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've driven this car in the rain before. Uh, I'm just. I'm hopeful that it's just something. Something's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's a. Maybe there's a fucking chipmunk corpse somewhere in there that just needs to fall out eventually, or a bird. I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for because it's like. Uh, the, I just uh, I don't want to take the car in because I'm gonna I've got to pay for some new tires on one car or maybe wheels tires who knows they don't seem to know uh, and then I got this other one 
now suddenly making this weird noise. And that, no matter what, is not going to be cheap. Um, so, yeah. More to come on that, I guess. Anyway, that's all. Throwing it on forever. Jesus Christ, an hour and a half. All right, lunch is over. Time to get back to it. And uh, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. See ya.